Yes, it's that time of the week again, bitch. Yes, it's another episode of Old School, New School Comedy Podcast. And we're coming to you virtually from New York City because my guest this week doesn't live here, unfortunately. And I love this bitch. Um, I uh, met her during lockdown, uh, of all places, right? We're, we were in the slamma. We were in the COVID slamma together. But, you know, back in the day in lockdown, we were doing all these uh, Zoom shows and stuff. So in this uh, ladies comedy group, uh, my good friend Carol Montgomery, who you guys saw a couple weeks ago on the show, um, introduced me to this woman. And she, during lockdown, had and, and before lockdown, I should say, had a comedy club up in near Lowell, Massachusetts called OMG Comedy Club. And then she took it virtually and I headlined one of her shows and that's how we met. And I feel like I've known this woman my entire life. She's hysterical. She is, um, not only did she have OMG comedy, she also did a no nuts comedy tour. That's right, people, no nuts. That means that's vagina, sweetie. And uh, she did that. And she also currently has her funny raising comedy shows where she raises money for orphanages and kids and you know anything that's to do with anything helpful or philanthropic this bitch is on it i love her she's fucking hilarious i want you to give it up for jess miller thank you i i really give good intro i really do yeah good intro yeah. you know i give i give it to you good uh, i used to do it so good people don't realize i'm bringing them up and they'll just sit there they think i'm bumping them for somebody else <laughs> they're like oh it's me it's like a total price is right reaction oh it's me it's me <laughs> it's so funny Stupid. ah i love you to death i love you and I'm so bummed to meet again. I know. That's our show, folks. Good night. Bye bye. Oh God! I remember the last time I saw you. I know we've talked a lot of times, but uh, I can't remember. I feel like it's a long twenty twenty. It probably was <laughs> during the height uh, of or twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Probably. I don't even know. It's such a blur between. 2020 and 2023 is a blur to me uh, if that makes sense same, so yeah. um so yeah normally we broadcast out of the comic strip live on the upper east side but today we are broadcasting virtually from lowell massachusetts right springfield spring excuse me springfield yes please get that oh, right man. that's right wally collins is from springfield that's right yeah or i think he's from pittsfield isn't he no springfield is he okay yeah yeah. Also someone I haven't met. Oh, he's amazing. You'll love him. He was on a couple. He was on uh, in October on the show. I love oh, him. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's the best. So talk to me, woman. What are you going on? About? <laughs> What's going on in comedy in Springfield, Massachusetts? Uh, nothing. <laughs> I don't like New York City. <laughs> ever. Yeah, it's not like New York City at all. 
Yeah. You, get, you get sporadic stuff here and there, you know? That's that's awesome. But you're an instigator of a lot of comedy in the scene up there. Like, you really, like, put your, you know, get your shit together and really bring up, like, an actual somewhat of a scene in a place where there's no comics. And you've actually created somewhat of a scene. I mean, yeah, a little bit. I think there there are scenes here like up in Northampton or mm-hmm. down in Hartford and right. you know, and other places and there's other comics doing stuff I just think I do it a little bit better hello no but why was it better um no I think I think everybody up here does a really great job of bringing in comedy so it's it's not, not consistent you know I think the only thing that's consistent is the casino yeah, it's hard when there's no comedy scene and there's no comics that live locally. New York City, LA, Chicago, Austin, Miami, they have a scene. They have a city. They have, you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. somewhere in, in like the suburbs, it's not going to be a scene. So it's really hard. Like I know like a lot of the guys in Connecticut, like Bartford, Milford and all that area. Yeah. Out, yeah. It's just empty there's like six of them and they all rotate you know and it's just like and they kick ass you know they're doing it but how it's fucking hard dude yeah i mean i go i think my last show is november 25th okay. that i produced right and, and then i take a break for christmas right um and we were doing a toy drive so there was no way i could have done shows in between there no and then there's no um uh, our next fundraiser is next Friday, and then they'll start picking up again. Right. So, so what, where's that next fundraiser? And in Westfield, Massachusetts. So if you're in that area, people, definitely raise out because it's a great show. Yeah. So who's on the show? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show. I have no idea who I. Put. I have no idea who I put on the show. <laughs> no, I do. I do. Um, I know it's going to be a great show. Let's see. Who did I put on? Yes, yes. <laughs> uh i have linda belt who's okay. amazing i don't know if you've mm-hmm. met her or not i've never met her in person no she's a connecticut comic uh right. Lauren terzak who's up in like the albany area timothy okay. Lutt, who's in uh-huh. the Northampton area so it's it's a good lineup nice and it's, it's for um a group called western mass mom prom and they do fundraisers for um the cancer house of hope so uh, and they're also Aww. providing it with a group that uh, called Lorraine's that works with people with food insecurity. It's a, a soup kitchen, basically. That's so sweet. So it's like, I love doing this stuff, you know, like it's really fun. No, I you're think- amazing at it. And uh, you've uh, been acknowledged recently for your fundraising, you know, uh, for all your philanthropy work that you've done out of the kindness of your heart for the last few years. Yeah, I want a rental car. It's not a rental car. Stop saying that. She won a brand new car. It's not a Stop saying that. It's a nice car. It's great. It's amazing. It's a 2024 Hyundai Tucson. Zero miles. They literally handed me the keys and I was like, this isn't real, right? Yeah. Because I think, you know, like... I, I'm of the mindset that I don't, I'm not kind to get something back or to climb, I know you are. That's why you climb the ladder or to like, you know, 
Yeah. And well, we know that's, that hasn't happened in a really long time in your world. <laughs> Not in my world, it hasn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. So, so yeah, like, that was, and Steph did a really good job of making sure I didn't know about it. And I didn't, and I was very surprised. I didn't know about it until I turned around and I saw the car. That's amazing. Yeah, so... That's kind of cool. I call it the rental. Stop saying that, woman. <laughs> Not it's just take it's it. It's a nice say, rental. Thank you. I have a new car because you do things unconditionally out of the kindness of your heart. And that's how the universe pays you back. It lets you know it hears you, it sees you, and it appreciates you. I'm doing the right stuff. Yeah. You get to, I didn't get a new car because I ain't doing shit. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of people ain't doing shit, it's been a lively couple of weeks in the comedy world. It has. Cat Williams has broke the internet. Yeah, he is my inside voice. Is he? Yeah. He's my total inside voice because everything he said is things I've seen over my years in Los Angeles at the comedy store or things that I didn't see, you know? And I'm like, yeah, that's true. That actually is true. And he ain't lying. And the beauty of it is they're all upset because Kat's in a position where he's super successful. And he knows now that people will listen to him. What he says. 47 million people. Yeah. And uh, if he was broke still and talking that, they wouldn't have paid attention. They would say, oh, you're just a hater. You're just a hater because you ain't shit. And now he is shit. He is the shit. And now he's just calling out everybody on their bullshit. He's doing where Paul Mooney left off all those years ago. Except okay. Paul Mooney didn't have the uh, social media because it didn't exist. Right. And so at that point, Hollywood was able to blacklist him more and keep him out. Because there was no social media to air out their dirty laundry. There was no camera phones to, to record them when they were not looking. You know what I mean? So right. it was Mooney against the system. And I used to yell at Paul Mooney all the time. Mooney, stop. Get the check, then cuss them out. You know? <laughs> Get him checked. Ideally. Ideally. Yeah. But uh, how did, what did you think of a Cat Williams interview? There were some things that really resonated with me. Um, first of all, I really like him. I love Cat. I yeah, love like, him. I don't know how anybody can't not like him. Oh, he's um, everything. It seems like his integrity is quite intact. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Which I don't think is the case for a lot of people. You know, no. especially in this in this world, because you just want to get to the next level. Yeah, so kind of getting to the next level is... You know, doing an orifice. Yeah, I should have. You know, I should have. I look back now, and I never did. I'm like, I'll never do that. And they're like, you'll never work in this town again. Because I had an incident with a manager back in the late 90s. He goes, man, you are something else. I'm like, thank you. And he goes, you know, I just got off stage in the OR at the Comedy Store. And he goes, man, you really killed it. I said, thank you. I work really hard. He goes, man, he's like, you know, you could be the next Kristen Johnson from Third Rock from the Sun. And I'm like, oh, like, oh my God, this is my time, right? Huge compliment. Loved her. And I'm like, yeah, you see? And I'm like, he sees me. Oh my God, this is my time. 
someone's noticing that I'm a character and not like some generic lead that anybody can do. And I'm like, yes, I love her. That's her. I want her career. Like, she's amazing. He goes, yeah. He goes, man, you have it all. And he looks at me, he goes, so what are you willing to do for it? And I said, well, you just saw me destroy in the room and I'm here seven nights a week. I write all my own material. I, you know, I, I bust my ass and he starts laughing. He goes, no, he goes, what are you willing to do for it? And he goes, and I go, oh, suck dick. Oh no, honey, I'm talented. It's only the unfunny bitches that have to suck your dick. Cause that's their closing joke. I said, I'd rather be homeless on a park bench than fuck my way to the top. And he goes, huh. Well, good luck to you. You'll never work in this town again. And he was right. Wow. He wasn't lying. You know, there's a problem with people having that much power. Yeah. It really is. It's sad. Yeah. But, but I like what, you know, I like what Cat Williams does is because I think one of the things that he said uh, that I really liked was that he has comics working with him and they're getting paid 300000 I mean, he's making money, right? Yep. Uh, but they're not beholden to him. They're not subservient to him. He kept, he used the word subservient a couple of times. Like they're, they're still their own person. Right. So that was something that I picked up on. I, is he on tour right now? Yes. Yeah. So that was something that I picked up on is that just because you come and work with me doesn't mean that you owe me anything basically. Yeah. As long as you're funny and you're a good person yeah. and, he, and yeah. he made me want to pray. <laughs> right? I'm not he a got, He got you and took you to church. He took you to church. He took all of us to church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Smart. Yeah. Smart. Smart. Oh, Very that guy smart. is so brilliant. Mm hmm. Yeah. And funny. And I felt, I felt bad for Shannon Sharp at a couple of places. Yeah. Because you know? he lost control, not in a bad way, but Shannon Sharp likes to think of himself as this big journalist. And it's like, no, you're just a, a ex-football player <laughs> who has a podcast that everybody loves. Your unk, you know? I've never heard of the podcast. Well, I'm, I'm not surprised. You told me about it. I mean, now I know. Now I know. Yeah. Uh, and he, it was so funny, too, because he was like, oh, I'm never going to get a comedian on after this. <laughs> and yeah, oh, like, yes, oh, yeah. No, I'm going to double back. I'm going to get... Oh, they're gonna they're gonna tear his doors down to backtrack what Cat said and try to cover up. Look yeah, at like, covering up Tiffany's done so far. She's done like three different comebacks. You know, Ludacris has done comebacks. Uh, uh, Steve Harvey's come like they all come on and said their little thing. And uh, I missed the part about Tiffany Haddish. Oh yeah, she did like she went on her Instagram live. She did it at a show at the Improv, and then somewhere else she came on again and said something. Wait, it was so an interview. He, he threw her under the bus too? Oh, I missed that part. Yeah, with the uh, with Kevin Hart. Oh, he because he's the Kevin, Kevin Hart, Hart a gatekeeper. Yeah, yeah, because he brought her in. He goes, I know forty-seven funnier black female comedians than her, <laughs> and. Uh, and what has she done? She ain't done the work. She got a Netflix special. She's never done a tour. She can't prove she can do an hour. Yeah. And he has a point. But she's great in the movies. She's fantastic in the movies. And, you yeah. know, you know, everybody has their place for me. 
Kat just told everybody and called them all out on their bullshit because people like to let you think they're bigger than what they are. People really believe their own bullshit and they revel in the smell of their own farts. So they like to act like they did this struggle and all this shit. And it's like, it's not just black comics, too. There's white comics out there, like a certain female comic that would cry, that said she was homeless and sleeping in her car. I'm like, uh-uh, your daddy told, uh, what's his face? Um, oh my God. Oh no. Barry Katz. Hey, I'll, I'll invest in your production of this movie if you uh, take my daughter on, Whitney Cummings. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it, at Chelsea Handler. You know, she was a hardcore bitch, but she slept her way to the top. You know, she knew exactly what to do. She hooked up with the head of E and was with him for quite a few years and broke his heart when she got what she wanted. She was out. Sarah Silverman. You know, she wasn't getting very far as a comic. I mean, she had a name, but nothing big. And her brother, Jonathan Silverman, was better as an actor. And, right. And so she fucked Jimmy Kimmel. Broke up his marriage. She Sarah Silverman fucked me. Jimmy Kimmel. That's how she became a household name. <laughs> Got what she wanted, moved on. Fuck that bitch. Jimmy Kimmel's a good dude. He's a really good dude. Yeah, I like Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, he's a really good dude. And so who are the people that you like? There's no shame. There's no shame in the game. I'm just saying, I there's no I'm just calling it out as a truth. Like own how you got there. Because I didn't do that. Look where I am. You know, no one knows who the fuck I am. I've been in the game longer as long as all them. But yeah. I didn't do all the things they did, and that's my fault. And I always tell people if I could go back, I would have fucked everybody. Would I would have really Yeah, I would. Fuck would this. If I had the ghost of Christie's future come to me at 25 and say, at 53, this is where you're at, I'd be like, what? everybody unzip your pants. A through L on this side, M through Z on that side. I ain't got that kind of time. Fuck the bullshit. See, I've offered to suck people's dicks and they won't. <laughs> Just like their face. That's funny. That's <laughs> funny. They're like, no. like, can I get some stage time? I'll suck your dick. They're like, oh, it's going to be a lot of teeth in that one. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, sir. We're not. <laughs> My wife is usually standing right next to me. Too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll wrap it up in Christmas present. Like a Christmas present. Right. Lights and everything. Tinsel. Isn't that what they do now? <laughs> sure. That's exactly. They must be because I ain't doing that shit. <laughs> I need to learn what the kids are doing. Don't they like, like spit on it now, like, like hock a loogie on it? Like who, how is that hot? Uh, how is that hot? <laughs> I love sucking dick, but how is that hot to hock a loogie on it and then suck it and watch it slobber down like dog drool? Like I'm thinking at a basset hound. I think you're only one of two people that I've ever heard say I love sucking dick. Really? You was should have done it when you were 25 and I should have. I know. Have I'm old and I'll do it. Yeah. No one wants their mom to suck their dick now. <laughs> I mean, there are some people. Yeah, ew. I can't. <laughs> How much money's attached to that ugly dick? I like the virgin butthole line. This <laughs> is <laughs> like virgin butthole. That's just that's just so brilliant. Oh my god! I can't. I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, I can see it with women, right? Yeah. It was. It was like 
Wow, the guys are getting this too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so Oh, bad. yeah. Oh, so that's, yeah. That's, uh, you know, um, the stuff about Steve Harvey is really disappointing. Yeah. The Kings of Comedy. I think that's kind of what I felt with that. Uh, and then I watched some other clips of, like, people showing, kind of backing up Cat Williams. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, no what, a, what a shit storm. But, you know, it's, I think it's also good to bring it to the light, you know? Listen, all this shit needs to come to the light. It has to come out in the open because the only way you can change it is to acknowledge it. And if you acknowledge it, then there's accountability and responsibility to do something about it. But if we keep sweeping it under the rug and pretend it doesn't exist and create these fake fucking backstories and bullshit, yeah. it's just going to keep going. It's like cancer. If you don't cut the tumor out, it's going to spread. You know, and yeah. right now there's a cancer in comedy that's because of social media especially has spread so fast and vile but at the same time you know it's telling on itself and i always tell like i always i was telling like my other friends out here that, that all of us old heads you know that have been in 25 30 years listen remember the late 90s the death of comedy we thought it was over people weren't going to clubs anymore you know, they were staying home more. The writer's strike hit in 2000. Like, it was all this crazy shit going on. It was hard to get people in the doors. Right. Like, and so the comedy scene took a dive. And at the comedy store, we would go to the hotels and leave tickets. Like, at least we get the people in there. They do the two-drink minimum. We get the stage time. Mitzi makes money. We keep the lights on. Right. You know, it was, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, basically, back yeah. then. So... Now we're kind of in that situation again, except now we're being pushed out instead of like being those shows by bringer shows and independently produced shows and people that say, you want eight minutes, you got to bring eight people. Right. And they, or you have to pay the ticket price. And these kids are paying 150 bucks, 200 bucks to do a five to an eight minute set. Like, what is this? And the clubs don't want to put money in marketing, which they didn't want to do in the beginning of the 2000s anyway, because of the slump and nobody was making money so they wanted to put celebrities in then when twitter hit in 2008 and 9 and ashton kutcher got a million followers that's when it kicked in where you had to have twitter followers so then the comics got hip to uh, you know that yeah and it's just been that cycle up and down then in the mid 2010s and the mid like 2015s comedy started coming back up again and hitting the peak again because people decided you know, just because you have followers doesn't mean people are coming to the shows. So then they started putting good comics on again and comedy started redeeming itself. And it was like, yeah, there was like hope and we were all working. We were all doing good. Didn't matter if you were a big famous name or not. It's like, are you funny? Are you going to crush? Then get on that fucking stage. And that, and the shows were just rocking and the clubs were booming. And then COVID hit and then became the birth of the Zoom comic. And and the TikTok comics, and then the, once we can, the Zoom comics have kind of they've no no not here no I really do comics tooting their own horns. I'm a Zoom comic. I do shows on Zoom. I said I wouldn't say that very loud now in 2024, honey. <laughs> no, it was a terrible in 2020, but like I had to do my show virtually last week because we had a storm in New York, and Matt Bridgestone who has AC jokes. 
and all the casinos down there and three casinos. And so he's killing it. He's great. Love Matt Bridgestone. And he's like, yeah, homie, I don't want to like drive up because the weather's bad. Cause like get there and nobody's going to be really hanging out, you know, cause the weather sucks and it's bullshit. So I said, I go, just stay home. I go, let's just do it virtually. And then what I'll come down and do a show at eight at one of your casinos. And then we'll do it live from the show and then we'll make it a really cool thing. It's like, all right, that works. So we did it virtual. So I, we were doing zoom and it cut off because there's a time limit. I forgot because I haven't paid for zoom in four years. (laughs) So we're peeing our pants because we had to pick up the show and do the thing. So like for this show, I actually went to Streamyard and paid the 19 bucks a month so I could actually not run out of time. <laughs> so like if I'm going to pay for it, I might as well do StreamYard because it's all included. You know, I don't have to worry about so much of the editing. Just go through the sound and stuff. For, yeah. But, and but it's just great. phenomenal. <laughs> but it's just so like you forget But there's people that are still do. I see it on Instagram. Hey, Zoom show. Here's the link. And I'm like, really? I, I, I guess if you're incarcerated, that helps. I mean, I, you know, I, in all fairness, <laughs> it's just another way to get yourself out there, right? And yeah. then the best thing about Zoom was, like, for me, meeting you. Yeah. Oh, I love Zoom shows in the in lockdown. I love yes. my life. Yeah. Zoom yeah. saved my life in lockdown, so I didn't blow my fucking brains out yeah. not doing stand-up. I mean, I couldn't lift weights, so, I'm like, I got to at least, you know, yell at people on a picture, on a yeah. computer. And it saved my life. And I wrote my album on Zoom. So, uh, Brutally Yours on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you stream your film. <laughs> I do it every show. <laughs> it's my thing. And, uh, but like now it's like, you know, it's a good backup, like, like having you. Cause like, I have a lot of friends that don't live in New York City that can't come to the public trip. So it's like, oh, I guess I should have this, you know, just in case. So here we are. Here we are. I love it. So love um, it. another great thing, a funny thing, which is it's kind of like this. This It's kind of like when Mother Teresa died and Princess Diana died in the same week. Everybody forgot about Mother Teresa and it was all about Princess Diana. Like Mother Teresa gets upstaged by Princess Diana because she died on the same week. Like you can't die on the same week as Princess Diana. Well, the same week that Cat Williams puts out his interview with Club Shay Shay, Dave Chappelle's The Dreamer was released on Netflix. Nobody, I think they talked about it for one day. No one's talked about it since because here comes Cat Williams. Yeah, with the Cat Williams now. Oh, Cat Williams just drowned out all the hate <laughs> Chappelle was going to get because he's Dave Chappelle. And it's like Dave could just sit back and enjoy that Cat Williams is blowing up everybody and all the heat's off of him finally. Did you watch The Dreamer by any chance? I did. I thought it was really good. Thank you. I thought it was hilarious because to me, people are like, oh, he's doing, I'm like, no, he's talking about all the clapback he's gotten since 2021 with Sticks and Stones and all the things that were happening to him and all the shit he got online. I thought it was hysterical. Yeah. I, I, love like, I like him in general. Yeah, he's a great yeah, guy. There's another one who does things on the down low. He does all this charity shit nobody knows about because mm-hmm. he's not about that. He just does it because he does it. He's not I trying to think it's a charity thing, you know? Yeah, 
He's Dave Chappelle is a good man. He's a really good man. And he has a heart of gold. And he doesn't do things for you to make to go, look what I did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He does yeah. it because he's like, hey, this can help somebody. It's kind of the right thing to do. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, a human thing to do. Yeah, kindness it, is a... It's sad that r- doing the right thing is the human thing. And doing well, the wrong a lot is of the normal thing. Capitalize on ki- kindness right now and doing the right thing, which is... Uh, it's not... It's just... It's it's gross because you know their intention behind it. You know why they're doing it. There's yeah. a difference of... Every move like, is calculated. Yeah, every like every move, move is on video. Like they're videotaping helping a homeless guy. Dude, fuck you. Just help him. Yeah. Too many homeless people and shit I've done on these streets of New York because there's so many. There's a fucking migrant family living around the corner from me on the street under a scaffolding. The two cutest little kids and the and the cutest little couple. And they're just happy. The kids are skating around on the little things, you know, that they get from, you know, all the charity, all the, you know, the foundations that give them toys for Christmas or give them clothes. And they're laughing and hanging out and they're they're quiet they don't leave garbage they don't cause problems they just rather be on the streets on 8th avenue than in a war-torn country run by an authoritarian piece of shit who was taking all their freedom and rights away because he's a scumbag you know and uh are we talking about what are we talking about which oh like venezuela Uh, i thought you were talking about america my bad i'm sorry uh, no, he's trying to come. That guy's trying to come back. <laughs> so scary. I know. Yeah. And, and the idiots that love him. It's, it's my family. Yeah, mine my, too. My family, uh, black. Uh, I'm dead to them. They signed. They wrote me a letter and said, "You are dead to us. Don't ever contact us again." Yeah. When did this happen? Uh, July. <sighs> yep. I'm sorry. Ah, that sucks. MAGA, it's that MAGA radicalization that the boogeyman's out to get them. So they sit there with their guns behind the door waiting for the boogeyman. I'm like, dude, if the boogeyman's going to get me, let him. I'm going to enjoy my life until he shows up. It's so crazy. It's just nuts what it's done to people. Isn't it amazing? You know, we started with Dave Chappelle being a kind person uh, and we got to this. (laughs) Yeah, it always gets to that, you know. It's it's sad. I hate it. I was very surprised by his first joke. Um, his setup was brilliant in terms of comedy. I, so you, I'm sure you and I have very different perspectives on this. Um, I have a very hard time punching down on people or groups, minority groups, probably because I am in one. I mean, yeah. you are too, but so am I. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't usually go for the trans jokes, but I also don't think uh, it's it's. I'm I'm torn with it because I thought that was a really good joke. <laughs> just, but I'm sorry. I no, go ahead. Tell me. But you also got to remember, this is his personal experience, right? With this community, so he's talking about his interaction with the community, and yeah. he does. And I don't call it punching down on somebody to me is when you deliberately try to hurt people and keep them down and destroy them comedy is not about that 
comment. No, and I don't. About, think he did. I don't think he did that either. I, I don't. I, I think punching down is a wrong word. It's a. It's a word that's real, and it's a real thing that happens to these communities. Absolutely, but it's it's um, comedy sheds light, and also, we're not. You know, we're not lawmakers. We're not. You know. Uh, you know, in, we're not political figures. You know, right. we're we're shedding the light on what's happening in society today, right. and whether it's your personal Dave Chappelle's personal banter, we'll say, or fight between this community and him. But this is—he's not talking about it being from an outsider talking about it. He's talking about his own personal experience. But it's so funny because to me, they say you're punching down. Well, don't you punch down on comedians and attack us and put us down? You know, it's all, everybody punches down on everybody. And my thing is, listen, bitch, I think you're <laughs> one of us, ho. You want to be part of the cool kids? You want to sit at the table with us? Well, bitch, I got a chair for you right here. Here's a plate. Let's eat. But guess what we do at my dinner table? We break balls. We love to bust each other's nuts because it's funny. Because that shows love and trust. Right. When you can go in on somebody and they come back at you and you're laughing, that is a trust and a respect and a love that you cannot put a price on or pinpoint. And if you can't handle that, then you're not ready for the big kids table. you got to sit at the little kids table. The adults will sit at this table and eat and we'll fix you a plate and put it on the little kids table since you're not ready. It's okay for you to come at but if you want to be equal, this is what we do in the equal world. We like bust each other's nuts. We talk shit. We talk about topics. We talk about this and that. He ain't trying to hurt nobody. He's not saying, oh, hey, no, I didn't get that. I didn't get that at he's all. Not, I didn't, no, I didn't he get never that did. He never has. He no, never has. He's not that guy. And it's I, think the, I think the concern with the trans community is that because they're already getting thrown under the bus so much. Sure. That was really hard for them. But if but so, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. That was to say, but then, then again, being afraid of it and upset with it is making the devil that's really the problem worse. You're yeah. feeding the fire. Yeah. Own yeah. it. Yeah. Laugh at your look at drag queens. Watch RuPaul's Drag Race. They roast, they go in on each other and yeah. they're laughing because they own it. Therefore, which is what I love about the gay community. You guys have been through so much hell. You guys taught me how to have a thick skin at an early age. Like, let it roll off, bitch. It's just worse, because, bitch, you know who the fuck you are, girl. Right. Keep going, girl. Work, bitch. And you know when something's really detrimental that you should be upset about, whether something's just some bullshit-ass shit-talking. Yeah. And it's a thick skin. And these kids haven't acquired, or, or, or not acquired, but haven't, um, embraced their thick skin and let shit roll off. Be who you are. That's why I say it on my album. Be who you are. Don't worry about words. Words aren't going to save you. Your amazingness and your power is going to save you because when you walk the walk and you're in your skin and you know who the fuck you are, ain't nobody going to question it because you know who the fuck you are and no one's going to even rock the boat because you're so in your skin. You're so confident. You're so fucking firmly standing on that ground and you are fucking I am this bitch what what you gonna do nothing because I'm living my life and you're you have no effect on my life because what I always say if it ain't paying my rent ain't putting clothes on my back or food on my table or eating my pussy it ain't got no power on this bitch that's that's my life rules 
So when you like that, like a really good shirt. But it's true. I feel like Norma Ray right now screaming union, but it's, <laughs> it's true. But it's true though. Own who you are. When you when you show that weakness, that's when the bad people, not the comics, the bad people no, come I, in. I agree with you. I I think that like, in you know, with all the the acronyms and the letters and all that stuff. And I'm, I won't tell a joke, but uh, it's very frustrating. And so one of my jokes is, uh, you know, like when I came out, I want to say 10 years ago, because I'm still only like 28, but it was like 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. It was hard to come out. Yeah. 30 years really, ago. Really yeah. Like, yeah. Like, well, a lot of my family didn't talk to me because of it. You know, and now 20 years later, because of the dialogue that we've had, people are like, yay, you're gay. This is amazing. Oh my you know, they're, yep. they're cool with gay people. But because of all of this extra stuff, like, uh, I don't even know what, how many, the law, many, uh, the support. LGBTQ plus IA, oh, then uh, pie, and pie, and colon. Yeah, it's it's too much. It's too much. And I think what it's doing is like we acclimated, we were accepted, gay marriage was here. Yep. And now it's take away women's rights. Yep. Take away this right, take away you know, like I see gay marriage rights being taken away at some point. Yeah, of course. Depending on the twenty twenty four elections, right? A hundred percent. So and I think that in part all of the the keyboard warriors not that they're wrong but i think in some ways if you're pushing so hard to get your point across yeah. you're kind of pushing people back like i'm tired i'm gay yeah. and i'm tired i want to go yeah. back in the fucking closet yeah i tell people yeah. like the more inclusive shit gets like i see it here in the sh in the clubs the more inclusive the shows are the more they exclude everybody and it's like, why are you trying so hard to check boxes? Why are you trying so hard to do this when she should just, just be funny, just be who you are. And yeah. everybody's so worried about appearances and the more powerful also too, before we wrap, but the more powerful a marginalized community gets, the more scared that fucking conservative right wing gets because mm -hmm. they know they're losing footing. So guess what? Abortion rights gone. Fuck you, bitches. You know, it's like it's a not. It's like yeah. See what we did. Fuck you. Well, guess I have what? a whole. I have a whole philosophy on that. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was an article. I wish I could quote the article exactly, but I saw it like maybe two or three months ago. Okay. Where they were talking about low birth rates in America. Yep, a hundred percent. Um, and the highest birth rates being in India and Africa, which yep. are people of color. Yeah. And were yep. you know the people who were writing these laws are pretty much white supremacists to me like yeah. it doesn't make any no. sense no but it's 100 so percent. yeah let's let's make people dumber because when people are dumb they fuck each other and they have babies but let's make it so that they can't get rid of the baby yeah. right yeah. and you know like because this the, the studies show that the more educated you are the less likely you're gonna have kids when you're supposed to according to certain people i'm 53 i never wanted kids because i never wanted to bring an unwanted child into this world plus I'm yeah i would after foster at this point yeah a dog 
I have to. Yeah. But I mean, I if, but, if I yeah, in a situation it's, where it's, I get a more white women, would. yeah, and more white women as we've been growing old from Gen X on up have uh, been choosing careers. Remember in the 80s, Working Girl. Remember that movie with uh, Meg Ryan or whatever? Yeah. Melanie Griffith. No, Melanie Griffith. Was working Girl, you're right. Yeah, movie. Melanie Griffith was Working was Girl. Working. And, yep, and, you know, that was the woman with the power suit, you know, and she was going to work. She was her own woman, women's yep. lib. And yep. that was the downfall of women's rights right there. Like, that's when it's that started. Movie. Women start, well, that that era. Who was that? Era. Melanie no. Melanie Griffith. Melanie she married Don Johnson. Yeah. Destroyed women's. Yeah. How dare you be an independent, amazing woman, bitch? <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying that whole that whole mentality that women's lib and no, women in the workforce yeah. and, and equal this. And that's where that's where it, we started losing footing, even though we were gaining footing, we were losing footing to the straight white male supremacist mentality. Yeah. So yeah, they don't and on that happy equal. No, no, they want they well, like Mooney used to say. What does one white man love more than himself? Another white man. Yeah, and he's right. Yeah. Nailed it. But um, I love you. And on that note, I love you. I always love to wrap up the podcast with two questions. It's my thing. It's fun. No one asks these stupid questions because that's my job to be stupid, right? You're stupid. So, question number one for you, beauty. Is there a joke a comic has done that made you go, God damn, that's brilliant. I wish I had written that. And who was it? Um, so I'm going to go with most recent. Okay, sure. Which is Marsha Warfield. Oh, the queen. The reason the I do queen. stand up. I just worked with her. Um, <laughs> she's amazing. She's brilliant. She's beyond brilliant. Yeah, she's just... Oh, I wish I could think like her, you know? Yeah. Um... I don't, do you want the joke or yeah, premise? So the premise was, uh, she's basically calling white people gangsters. Mm-hmm. Like y'all, y'all are gangsters, you know, like <laughs> there's no other, I, I'm going to totally. That's fine. You could, bu- you could fuck, fuck this up. But, uh, it, the premise is basically, um, it's amazing how a group of white people can get an entire globe of people to believe that Jesus was a white guy with blue eyes and blonde hair from the Middle East. <laughs> it was, I, I'm not doing it justice at all, but it, right. it's, uh, she's funny. She's hysterical. And I think what I love about her is that she is funny, but she also makes you think. Yeah. You know, and I love delivering comedy. Yeah. Her delivery. Yeah. It maybe sounds silly, but it makes you think. Yeah, you know, and it's it's not it's not too highbrow for people to understand. No. you know, yeah. Uh, and I'm a lowbrow comic, but there's yeah, messages I'm behind my lowbrow. Comic. Yeah, <laughs> but there's messages behind my lowbrowness. And exactly. Pick it up, and that's yeah. all I care yeah. about. Now, question number two, which is always fun, like comics will sit around a green room and tell street jokes. Paul Mooney used to close his show every night with street jokes, but he would Mooneyize them. You know, you'd add a little Mooney twist to them. Yeah. So. From one comic to another, what is your go-to street joke? <laughs> I don't have one, but uh, <laughs> I don't have one. I'm just terrible at this. Um, the best street joke I ever heard, which was from my dad, 
mm-hmm. uh, back in the 80s. He was, he got this book of jokes, dad jokes or something. Perfect. And uh, I've told this so many times and it gets a different response depending on the group I'm saying it to. Um, so back in the 80s, it was, well, you know, two people who are about ready to get married need a marriage license, right? Young. Uh, what do two lesbians need? I don't know. A liquor license. Good night. <laughs> oh, fuck you. I love you, bitch. <laughs> so, I've told that to other lesbians and it's not gone well. Oh, God, they gotta like that. Most of us laugh. I mean, you gotta laugh at this shit, right? You have to. That is so fucking short. If you don't laugh, you're gonna die horrible. Yeah, I laugh at everything makes me laugh because that's my coping mechanism. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's how I get through the bad shit is laughing a lot. Yeah. I yell at people. I make fun of people. I just roast. (laughs) Old woman, Jess Miller, again, uh... Tell everybody where the next show is and where they can find you. They can find me at JessMillerComedy.com. Next show is in Westfield, Massachusetts for the Cancer House of Hope and Lorraine's Soup Kitchen sponsored by Mom Prom. What's the date? Western Mass Mom Prom. Okay. And the date of that show? Would be January 19th. Okay. So 8 p.m. Chicken Farms Road. Yep. Friday night, the 19th. If you're in that area, go follow go. at Jess Comedy on Instagram. You can follow me at Christy Miller Comedy on Instagram as well. Or follow the show, Old School, New School Comedy, spelt with a K. Uh, so, you know, give us a like, you know, follow us around. And don't forget to share the show. We love you. Good night.